All right, and welcome back to Social Biology. I'm your co-host, Jeremy. And I'm your co-host, Morgan. Today, Morgan, I'm going to start off with an interesting story. Oh, good. Not a pop quiz. No. What? Have I ever? <laughs> Actually, yeah. I've always asked you one question. Yeah. Quizzes. <laughs> uh-huh. um, no, let's hear the story. So I was going to say this last week, but unfortunately, you were indisposed. So this story happened two weeks ago. Uh, so I, uh, I received my first COVID-19 vaccination shot, which was nice. Oh, did you? Yeah. So... And the story is kind of about that. So basically, the company I work for, they're um, in the healthcare industry, but they're more like healthcare adjacent, essentially. So we don't, we're not a uh-huh. clinic. You know, we don't do things like that. And I'm going to be a yeah. little more vague because I don't, there are some weird things going on um, as to, Uh-oh. well, I wouldn't say weird, not like the company I work for is great, but like early in January, uh, some people were in the company I work for were signing up to get vaccinated because in the, the state we live in or the county we live in more, you can sign up online to get a vaccine. And uh-huh. in the beginning, it was healthcare workers, right? It's like, oh, frontline healthcare workers is what we want. And then the next yeah, phase is the important be, people. Yeah, the, the, the best <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then the next phase is going to yeah. be like if you're 65 or older or 70 or older, depending on where you live. I don't know why there's such a discrepancy. Uh, but gets priority. Yeah. And Uh because of that, there were, and there was like a limited number of shots because, you know, I guess we didn't quite prepare as much as getting order as many as we should have in the beginning. Uh, uh, some people, my, where I worked at, were starting to sign up and they were able to get the vaccine pretty early, like mid January. And they were like, Uh Oh yeah, you just go and you just, you know, sign up online. It was a very easy process to sign up online. And then you go to this place and they do it in your car. Like it's a drive through kind of thing. So we're like, oh, I'm like, oh, this is great. So all, all, a lot of us, I think a few people started doing this. So all of a sudden, a lot of us are doing it. We're signing up. We're like, okay, here we go. And then because there were all these delays and whatever, a lot of people were getting like drastically different dates when to go. Uh, so if you signed up like the end of January... Um, your date was going to be like late February kind of thing, like a month in advance. Uh-huh. And But if you were like a week earlier, you would be like early February, which is strange, but I guess that's how the system worked. And so we started getting like rumors and uh, I guess reports of the first people who were starting to sign up in that big group, they were being turned away because our company wasn't listed as like one of the places that got vaccines. Uh-huh. But some people were getting them, you know, so it was kind of like a weird, like, oh, some people are getting well, that's them. That's weird. And some people are not. Yeah. And some people were asked like very like serious questions, like a specific, like, what do you do exactly? Where are you? Blah, blah. And some people were like, oh, you're fine. Just go ahead and get it. Uh, so Wait, on, on the on the people administering this, some of them were like interrogative and others were like, yeah, go ahead. Exactly. It was an inconsistency. That seems out of balance. I know. Yeah, uh-huh. that's not good. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and again, yeah. you know how much I dislike inconsistency. So, uh-huh. yeah, I do. And so, uh, I think some of the higher ups in my company were okay. We're going to reach out to the county health department. We're going to figure this out. We're going to see what's going on. And like a few days later, we got emailed like, "Hey guys, just so you know, we are officially on the list now, whereas we weren't before, uh, as like companies who can't get the vaccine." Oh, for companies that can't get it. Yeah, like well, like like if you work it. for this place, you qualify to get to go to this place and get the vaccine, basically. Uh huh. And we're like, oh great, I'm glad this was all like cleared up. We're good to go. And they said like, hey, you might want to bring like proof that you work here, like a pay stub. They also sent out uh, like a letter. It wasn't personalized, but it said like, hey, this person works here, and this date. Some letterhead from the company that says, yeah, they work here. Exactly. Or yeah. something. They work here. Uh huh. Um, and after that, things were pretty smooth, but we still had some people who were turned away. Uh, and it was, okay. And it was mostly because they were like, they worked for the company, but they weren't in the lab. Like they were like an office worker, so to speak. Uh-huh. And again, if they were asked a specific question by, by, you know, by random chance, then if they were truthful, they would say, no, I don't do that particular thing. And then they'd be turned away, even though they had like this letter and permission to go. Uh-huh. And so with that in mind, I'm like, okay, my number one goal is to get the vaccine. I don't uh-huh. <laughs> like, I've already signed. And it was, this is like, by the time like this, so I got it in the beginning of February. 
And by the time it was like a, a few days before, I, they the the sign up website was closed. So like, hey, there's no more, and so there was no second chances. Like if I didn't get it this time, uh-huh. I I probably would yeah. have to wait a few months. And so, uh, I, in fact, I had a coworker of mine who like the next day he tried to do it and he couldn't. I was about so bad. I'm like, oh, just missed it by that much. And uh-huh. it's funny because if I canceled my appointment, because you can't change your appointment, but you can cancel it if you want. They, it's not like they would open up the website for one person. Yeah. Right? I don't know where that shot would go, yeah. but it would just be, I think, kind of wasted or safe for later. I don't know. Uh-huh. So I I went to the place and uh, they asked me some specific questions and I answered, you know, as in any way I could to get the vaccine. I didn't really care. Like, I'm like, I'm here now. I'm going to do. But they were a, with me. They were a little more interrogative. Uh, <laughs> it's because they already knew. I, I don't know. I think it's, and it was, and there were other discrepancies like after the people. So after you get the shot, you, they tell you to wait in this parking lot for like 15 minutes to make sure you don't have like an immediate allergic reaction. Uh-huh. Um, and they said, Something bad happened. Yeah. So basically if you have like, if you're allergic to anything in the vaccine, your reaction is going to be pretty quick. Like you're going to kind of like if you're exposed to a nut. If you have a nut allergy or a bee sting, a you have a bee allergy. allergy. It's uh-huh. that kind of thing. Like it's in your body, so therefore your body should react immediate. So it's not uh-huh. like the next day you're going to have a serious allergic reaction. It's going to be pretty quick. And, and they said like, uh-huh. "Hey, we've never had this happen, but you know, t- technically it's possible." So it can happen. It can yeah. happen. And some people, while they were waiting, because this is a two stage shot, like you get one shot now and then one in a month, and then two weeks after your second shot, that's when you're gonna be the most immune like okay you're good to go now uh-huh that's when it's ready that's when it's ready yeah and some people when they were waiting that 15 minute time because they say hey like roll your window down if you can like if you start feeling anything weird honk your horn you know we'll come and see what's going on <laughs> yeah everybody's out there just honking their horns <laughs> help yeah no keep going and some people they were like they were approached by staff like hey let's sign you up for your second shot right away right let's get your appointment and even though it's a month in advance let's get you down and they have like a qr code on the piece of paper like scan this code here you go and some of my coworkers didn't get that like they were just sent home and they're like hey figure it out on your own huh. you go online try to sign up again and see what happens and so this like, is really weird and so i'm like yeah this is the, and this is like all the same place like this is the same place and like, and I feel like it's a little bit because this is kind of thrown together. I feel like people don't really realize how hard it is to organize something like this. Something like this, like a mass distribution, a mass distribution <clears throat> of it, like in the, limited the, quantities. The place yeah. I was at, it was a a parking lot for like a a convention center, and they just kind of converted it into like this weird. I wouldn't say maze, but it was like because it wasn't very confusing. But it was like, like a, a drive through. Yeah, yeah, it was like lanes and lanes of cones and lines. There were a ton of people there to direct you, so it wasn't confusing a very long process of driving in a almost like a circle just in case they had hundreds of people show up maybe i don't know what's going on but uh-huh anyway so i went through it i got it it was perfectly fine uh i've gotten like i get the flu shot every year and the needle they used for this vaccine was actually really tiny it was a small little needle uh, oh really yeah in fact like i i didn't feel it when they gave me the shot you know people were like oh, i didn't feel it but like, i literally looked away and then when I look back, it was done. I'm like, oh, I actually didn't even know you did it. Like, it was so good. And I, uh-huh. I waited the 15 minutes. I felt fine. You're like, okay, that's fine. I started driving home and I got home and it was okay. When I, an hour, like an hour or two after I got home, my arm started feeling a little sore. Like, you know, like where I got the shot, like, uh-huh. which is fine. Yeah. And then, so this was in the morning. So I had to stay up, quote unquote, late to get the shot. So pretty soon after the shot, I went to bed, you know, because... That's how my schedule rolls. Yeah. Yeah. The next night shift. Yeah. The next day, like I guess the same day, but I, I went to bed, let's say at noon and I woke up like at 6, 7 p.m. My arm was really hurting. Like, <laughs> oh no. Like it was really painful, but it was only painful when I moved it. So if I just, like, okay. So if I just like laid my arm on my side or just kind of sat down, it was fine. I, you know, it didn't like throb. So was it like a soreness, like a muscle thing? Yes, it was a soreness. And so, but when uh-huh. I moved my arm, I'm like, oh, like this kind of, this really hurts, you know, and I've gotten shots before and I've things like that. And it hadn't felt like that before, but this was pretty common, like a common side effect. And someone in my immediate family got uh, COVID-19, I guess in the early, like late summer. And they had like a head, uh-huh. head symptoms, you know, I don't know, they have stuff. They had like, you know, sore throat, whatever. But for a while, I'll say like maybe two months, they had pretty bad body ache. 
like almost to the point yeah. of they were bedridden. Like they're like, I can't even move. Like it hurts so much. Uh huh. And so I was like, okay, maybe since that's someone in my media family, maybe that's just my reaction to it. It's just like sore muscle. Like even though I didn't get the virus, the reaction my body has is going to be like, hey, this is going to be sore because if I actually got the virus, I'd be sore all over my body. So, uh huh. So I was like, okay, that's fine. And so that day, the the day after getting the the vaccine, throughout the day, my arm got like worse and worse. They just felt like sore and sore. And I I kept looking at it, and it looked perfectly fine. Like it didn't look red. It didn't look swollen. <laughs> it's not like blowing up. No, yeah, and, and so collecting water. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, man, it, it was so weird because it was like very intense. And by the end of that day, it was so painful. But I I, I didn't want to take any painkillers because uh-huh. ibuprofen is good for like muscle ache and swelling. But if you ibuprofen, since it reduces swelling, it also it does that by reducing your body's response to stimulus. And so technically, uh-huh. it reduces how effective the vaccine could be because it's kind of mitigating that immune reaction. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like if it gets really bad, I can take like a Tylenol maybe or maybe Profen, but I don't want to because I want this to be as effective as possible. <laughs> uh-huh. And also like the stronger the reaction, you know, I'm like, oh, that's it's probably really good because your body reacts to it pretty strongly. It's going it, to, it's, you know, building immunity to it because it's, it's kind of freaking out that this thing is here. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh. And so by the end of the day, it was really, and I started getting like a low grade fever, you know, just kind of fatigue, but nothing like crazy. I was like, I'm just kind of tired. I don't feel amazing. But again, this is all very common. Even for the flu shot, it's actually pretty common. But especially mm-hmm. for the COVID vaccine, it's like fairly common. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh, when I went to bed again the next morning, I it was so bad I could barely like put a blanket on my arm because it was like really. Are you serious? <laughs> I, Holy cow! I, yeah, this was like the most intense body soreness on my. And it was just my arm. Like it was maybe like my upper arm. Maybe like my forearm a little bit, but not really. Like, was it specific points in your arm? Almost like a nerve pinch or was it just your entire arm it was that it was the upper arm like between like before you get to the shoulder but also before you get to the elbow it was like very localized to where i got the shot uh-huh. um, and again okay. i kept checking it because it, was, it really hurts like yeah i couldn't even lift You're my like, left right, arm you okay buddy uh-huh yeah <laughs> you're doing all right over there above my chest like that's how like oh man like that's how severe it was and like even i was like oh man <laughs> Which is why I think because when you're lifting your arm, you're using your tricep. And so I think I was like, okay, that's exactly where I got the shot. So this is muscle soreness. Right around there, yeah. But there was literally like about 10, 15 minutes that I was just sitting there like unable to move my left arm. Like it's possible I got an infection. Like, I was just like, this is – I've never felt this kind oh, of really? pain from a shot. Uh-huh. But I, and then and I checked on it like a few like at the end of the day. And again, like my arm looked perfectly normal. Like it was just – a tiny little red dot where the shot had gone in, but like it just, you couldn't tell. <laughs> you couldn't tell what was going on. Because if it was infected, there'd be some discoloring and stuff. And also, right? it wouldn't be that quick, but yeah, it'd be discolored. The I was going to say, yeah. The shot itself would look really weird. I'm like, no, this is really. The next day. It's the reaction to the vaccine itself. Yeah. The next day, uh-huh. I would say like 80% of that pain was completely gone. It felt oh, really? amazing. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> That was a sudden, uh, like sudden strong reaction, and then boop, it just went away almost instantly. I'm like, wow, like that's okay. I'm glad, but it was just an interesting experience. But uh, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, and I can see how someone, if they're not really aware, they could kind of freak out about it. They're like, oh my gosh, like my arm's on fire! But it's just, <laughs> yeah, chop it off. Yeah, exactly. I'll just go to the hospital or whatever. It. But no, again, so. When do you get your round two then? So it'll be the beginning of March. So I got this one the beginning of February, and this one's going to be a month later. And, and and I was one of the ones where they came up to me and scheduled it for me, which is nice. So I didn't have to worry about uh-huh. it. But <laughs> you passed all their questions. I guess. Yes, I'm an open heart surgeon. <laughs> yes, I'm. Yes, I'm detrimental to the health community. Yeah, I am elbow uh-huh. deep yeah. in like lung tissue, like helping old people. <laughs> like, <laughs> please yeah. help. Yeah. Uh huh. I have saved hundreds of lives. Uh-huh. Yeah. You don't know. Don't you know who I am? Like, uh-huh. yeah. You should know my name. I'm, say my name. I'm a, say my name. I'm a published, uh, you know, author. Uh-huh. I don't say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and so I the next the day after that I still had like again I haven't been sick. I don't know if I said this before, but 
even prior to the pandemic, I hadn't been sick for almost a year. Uh-huh. Because growing up, I went, you know, I always went to school and went to university. And in my late teens to when I graduated, I live at my my mother's home, and she runs a uh, a like a daycare facility in in the basement. Uh-huh. And so I was like, and always exposed to pathogens. I was exposed to children, oh, disgusting creatures, right? man, just yeah. filthy. <laughs> And and they were always sick because like one little snot nosed kid got there with like whooping cough or whatever he had and then gave it to and everyone then would else. Proceed to cough on everyone. Yeah, he yeah, whooped exactly. everywhere and then it was just oh terrible. <laughs> and I would get it. And, Stupid whoopers. And I didn't really realize it. I knew that like you know teachers and people who work in you know with children got sick more often. But I I wasn't sick. I was like sick maybe three four times a year. Like a cold, not nothing crazy. I don't get uh-huh. severe colds. I'm like, oh, I'm in bed. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to school. I just feel kind of shitty, but whatever. Mm-hmm. When I moved out, because I moved out shortly after I graduated and I live on my own, I did not get sick, like ever. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, like it was because I'm, let's say I moved out in like early summer of 2019. And then, and since then, since the early summer of 2019, I have not gotten sick at all. Like, no That's sore awesome. throat, nor no cold, like nothing, like nothing at all. <laughs> uh huh. And so when I got a little, That's killer. F- when I got a little fever, not yeah, not, not weird flex, but not, I got a little fever from the shot. <laughs> I was like, this is what I remember what a fever feels like, man. Like this is uh, a, what a novel experience, right? Like <laughs> a little fever, <laughs> a like, novel experience. <laughs> it's been so You're long. Like excited to have a fever. Oh my gosh. And then again, that went away after like it, it's lingered for one more day. But I, you know, I luckily I had those days off, so I didn't have to work. So I was just sitting all day playing video games. And then and, uh-huh. then, and like I, it went away like completely. Like two days later, I was like, oh, I feel perfectly fine. But uh, well, that's good. It's good. I was really happy for it. And I'm I'm now I look back at it, I'm I'm glad I had like a decent reaction because if I got the shot and nothing happened, I'd be like, what if it didn't work? Like I don't know what's going on. But uh huh. Yeah. And of course, everyone has different experiences. I've seen, I looked up online and it's actually, there's a thing called COVID arm. And it's if you get the shot and you have like an extremely serious reaction, like you can have it like really red. Some people break out in hives on their arm because their body's reaction is so severe. Um, So, but I didn't have that. So, but yeah. So it sounds like you were on the lighter end of that scale. I, I was probably like, I would say... The in uh, if I had a severe reaction, it was like on the very low grade severe. But I think I was more than the average person. I feel like uh-huh. my arm, the muscle soreness was really intense. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, just for that arm, there wasn't like my whole body was aching. It's just that one particular spot. Well, that's crazy. Yeah, get ready for round two. Yeah, yeah, and I've I've heard conflicting stories. Some people say like, oh, it's even worse the second time. Uh, I've heard, <laughs> hey, it's almost nothing the second time. I'm like, it's uh, who who can you believe, right? Who can you trust? And uh-huh. again, everyone's different. So, so for some people, they did have a worse reaction the second time, and some people it almost didn't register. But who knows? Huh. Uh, That's pretty crazy. Yeah, but again, it's it's totally worth it. I don't think like a a day or two of discomfort, or you know, and potentially maybe four or more on what what happens with the second shot. I think it's definitely worth that uh, the immunity that it'll probably bring so pain now then suffering later yeah suffering later and also potentially lifelong complications that's not something i want to deal with yes exactly (laughs) oh for sure but anyway that's my that's my intro story that took like what 20 minutes so there you go but (laughs) that's all good COVID. Yeah, COVID. That's (laughs) COVID. (laughs) (laughs) i know i don't know i was waiting for you to transition uh uh, yeah, no, that's crazy. Yeah, for sure. How's uh, how's being a daddy? How's that good stuff going? Oh yeah. Speaking of little snot-nosed monsters, no, it's uh, it's going good. Um, he's been doing really well. My wife started this sleeping pattern to try and get him to sleep all night, and he just does not want to obey. Does not. <laughs> he's just like I you. mean, I I don't understand how you're supposed to control a baby, but I don't know. He has his good days and bad days, but. Uh, my wife went back to work, so I've become super dad. Oh, really? Every, okay. f- every morning, stay at home dad. That's it's been nice. Pretty wild. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I have it in me to be a good parent. I don't, like I said, I don't have patience <laughs> for children or anything. I don't like people in general. So, uh, even when they're adults, but I think that if I could be 
a stay-at-home dad. Well, okay, if I was a if I was a person who like was okay <laughs> with children and wanted to get married and do all those things, I think being a stay-at-home dad would be a pretty good deal. Like it's a nice uh-huh. thing. I, yeah. Maybe not in the beginning, because in the beginning the thing you're taking care of is like like you said, like a monster. Um <laughs> but as yeah. it gets a little older, I think toddler stage is kind of weird because when they first become toddlers, they're adorable and they can start talking and doing things. But then when they hit like mid to late toddler stage to like Jack Jack levels of awful yeah. behavior. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then when they become like a small child, like six or seven, they're like, okay, I think you're good now. Like you're fun because you're <laughs> I not I think you're okay. Yeah. Now. You're not going to yell and scream. Yeah. You can tell me what you want. And yeah, you might throw a little fit, but it's not going to be like a meltdown. Like You can reason a little better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can convince you you're wrong. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, it's it's been good. It hasn't been as crazy as I expected it would be. Um, I think we got one that doesn't cry very much, so that's <laughs> yeah, the model good. that doesn't cry very much. That's um, good. Although when my wife tries to get him in his little sleeping pattern to get him to sleep throughout the night, I I've woken up at two in the morning and she he's freaking out she's bobbing him up and down and she's screaming sleep damn it <laughs> and i'm like i don't think that's the way to do it but uh Oof, that's man. that only happened once but she, only she happened listens once. this I'm, I'm i'm gonna get in trouble for this but yeah but no it's been good it's been pretty good it's funny because i I'm, i always try to think about like when children i don't know anything about developmentally how children work like when they start talking or walking or things like that of course that kid is way too young to do any of this stuff but also when it comes to size, like people will be like, oh, like my baby was like, I'm just, and I don't even know a, a realist number. Like maybe it was like eight pounds. And I'm like, is that a good weight? Is that low? Is that high? Like what is the average baby weight? And so like, is your kid, did they tell you like, hey, your kid's a good size or weight for baby status? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he came out seven and a half pounds. So I think he's right there on the average. Mm-hmm. He's pretty chubby now. He's gaining weight like crazy but the thing that pisses me off is he has more hair than i do now oh no and it's freaking wait are you have nuts. you been losing hair no no i haven't been losing hair he just came out with a freaking afro he's a monster but, okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> but no but no it's funny he looks just like me except for when he's mad he looks just like my wife so you know and some would say that's pretty, a blessing. pretty funny yeah, it is. I, I'm pretty damn cute. So yeah, you want to be intimidating when you're angry, and from what I hear, your your significant other is quite intimidating. <laughs> the Venezuelan rage. You never know. Yeah, it's all that uh, yeah. socialism in their blood. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, he's. I, I was gonna say something else. Um. He, he, you know, he's two months old now, but he's doing, he was doing things at like two weeks old. The baby should not be doing like he does push ups, He freaking cradles his head back. <laughs> yeah. No, no. He's like monster baby. Dude, that's uh, your, you hey, know, that's your mom's baby. You know that? Like, <laughs> I know I was going to say my mom's in competitive powerlifting. She actually bought him a little oh my gym set. Yeah. That seems and like, like he's always making fists. He's always punching himself in the face. And <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I think he's going to grow up to be a boxer UFC or something. I would say not, not to, you know, make me a bunch of money, not to cast dispersion on your mother. I'm more casting dispersion on the manufacturer of infant workout, you know, equipment. Like what are they doing? <laughs> Fisher toys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what are they doing, guys? Um, there was, there was something else I was going to say about it that, that was funny, but, no, I. It's spacing me. I can't remember, but but the, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, it's funny because like my I I was old enough when my younger siblings were born that I like distinctly remember what they looked like, and of course my parents loved them even more, and they took more pictures of them, so we have photos of them when they're young. So uh-huh. and uh, there's me and my older brother. There's like four photos, you know, cast between twelve years, and that's all we know what we look like. My uh, one of my younger siblings, he was like a fat baby, like he's just like a ball <laughs> of butter, and now he's like really lean. And so I uh-huh. feel like the baby's weight, you you do want a fat baby, right? And yeah, I don't think it's. I think it's perfectly fine to have a fat baby. I think that's it. Doesn't mean they're going to be a fat kid. Uh, unless of course you really make him like that and just shove food in sugar him up yeah uh because like yeah you see pictures of my one of my younger siblings and he has like rolls and rolls of fat I'm like damn like that's a that's a little that's a little job of the hut right there 
That's my kid's hips right now. His <laughs> thighs are massive. Just thunder thighs and cankles. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, exactly. And, but as they get older, like, and then one of my siblings who was like, I wouldn't say a skinny baby, but he was like a more normal-esque baby. Uh, he looks very similar to my my other old younger brother. So I'm like, okay, guess weight doesn't really matter as long as it's healthy, I guess. But uh huh. But like, yeah, the the length of the child I think is a good indicator of how tall they're going to be. So is uh-huh. your baby like a long baby? Is he going to be a tall one? I don't. I remember when he was born, he was 21 inches, and I think that was on the higher end oh. of average. Okay. So I I bet he turns out like me, probably about six feet. Um, That'd be solid. But uh, but oh man, some of the hospital stories. Oh oh my gosh. What do you uh, mean? But I, I before I let me Spare let me some. jump into that in a minute. I I've learned a few things. You know how like object permanence isn't a thing until you're like 18 months, two years old or something. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember I don't how old yeah, you are before yeah. object permanence is. But like, I didn't know that babies for the first couple months are like blind up to five inches from their face. Oh yeah, their, their eyes are useless. And so I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to play peekaboo with him and he just doesn't give a shit. He's like, he won't look at me. He won't look at my face. But no, like right about now, he's starting to recognize our faces and he is able to see where voices are coming from. And I thought that was kind of interesting, but no, I was going to say at the hospital, right when he was born, uh, maybe, you know, you, you probably know more about this than I do, but there's this thing they do now where right where they're born, they put them directly on the, on mother's skin. Yeah. Skin on skin. And it's contact. supposed to be one of the most like soothing and therapeutic and connecting kind of thing. Not just for mom, but for baby, like recognize this is safe. Um, and so we, we did that. And this, this was right after he was born. They, they cut the cord, slap a diaper on him. And this nurse comes in and you know, my wife, English is her second language. And this nurse, nurse comes in and this nurse was from Haiti. She had a very, very thick accent and my wife didn't understand anything she was saying. And I was having a hard time understanding what she was saying, but she took him and she put him in this little tray and she kept trying to get this footprint of him on like a certificate with his feet stamps mm-hmm. on him and they wouldn't work. And she kept saying things like, if, if, if this doesn't work, I'm going to poke you. And I'm like, what is she saying? Oh. Like, I couldn't hear her. She was across the room. He's like, I'm going to poke you. Don't, cur- don't, don't do it. I'm going to poke you. She went through like six certificates trying to get his feet to work. And then she's like, that's it. And she pulls out these needles and it turns out she was there to vaccinate him. Oh. But like every time she wouldn't get a certificate to work, she's like, all right, you asked for it. And she'd poke him with a needle and he'd freak out for like five seconds and then go back to calm. But I don't know. It was it was just pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I think my wife just, is like, what is she doing to my baby? Yeah, I think it's just but, bad bedside <laughs> manner, man. Like what? Like, it, yeah, a vaccine isn't a punishment. Like, <laughs> no, I don't, it was, it was weird. It was weird. Um, and she kept asking us questions and my wife kept looking at me to answer cause uh, she had a really thick accent, but it was a really fun moment, fun nurse, you know, put a little humor I suppose, in our experience. Yeah. Cause, cause we went a whole day contractions kind of started at like eight o'clock at night. And then at like one in the morning, Oof. it was like, okay, it's time to go. And so we get to the hospital at two and two minutes into being hospital, water breaks. They admit us six in the morning. He's born. So like four, we were in the hospital for four and a half hours and then he came out. So it was a, it was a very quick yeah, labor, that's good. I guess you could say. Um, but that also meant that we had no sleep for over 48 oh, right. hours. It was yeah. horrible. Um, and the worst thing was nurses would come in every 40 minutes, check your vitals. And I understand they need to do that, but damn, let us sleep a bit. <laughs> they, they never took him to clean him. He was dirty damn. for the first day, 24 hours, never took him in the back room to clean him. I don't know if you've watched like the office or shows where they, you know, give birth and they take the baby and they're like, we can take him for the night and you can rest. They never offered that. That's a bunch <laughs> of bullshit. <laughs> So yeah, we had no sleep for like three days, but luckily we forced our way out of the the hospital after like 36 hours and got home and were finally able to sleep. So nurses weren't bugging us, but oh, yeah. had the okay go. But, no, but just, yeah, I don't know. Overall, it was a good experience. 
Yeah, yeah. It just that just seems like an uncomfortable kind of thing where you know you you have to be at the hospital, and I and I'm one of those people like, hey, you should give birth in a hospital. There's like, a, oh yeah. There's people who and I under, I okay. I don't say I understand or agree, but I kind of understand. Like, hey, like I want to have a baby at my home, like in my bathtub. Oh. I'm like, oh, like I. Why? Like, yeah, I think that's okay, like, sort of, but you really shouldn't. We had to watch that in health class, and it was horrible. Uh, Yeah, no, it's like, or have, like, a water birth where you're, like, you're under, like, your pelvic area is underwater, and the baby comes out in water. I'm like, that, what, if you're all for natural shit, we didn't give birth in the ocean. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, (laughs) no, I don't understand that. Um, And if there are problems, it's harder to get help because you're not in a hospital and like how do you transport like like let's say if your baby gets stuck you how do you transport like a mother who has like half a baby hanging out i'm like that's like it's you should be in a hospital like there's stuck or i mean umbilical cords can wrap around their necks that was terrifying to me because he came out purple and i was like what is an alien his father (laughs) like i kind of freaked out a minute like is he okay and it turns out yeah the coloration comes but like if that had happened in my home i would have been panic you know what i mean yeah and yeah you you can you can like hire a what are they called wet nurses or yeah, wet nurse. Or something like that. And they, they and for the most part, they're like there are certifications they can be and they understand what they're doing. Uh, but it's it's not about knowledge. It's about like the equipment you need. If your child needs yeah, to be technology. incubated immediately, they, uh-huh. no matter how good your wet nurse is, they don't have that on them. They have to take you, go to a hospital, which you know, that any every minute is is wasted time. So Yeah. I had I had someone in my extended family. They really wanted to do this like super specific birthing thing at home, and like my who she was married to, uh, he's he's like a good normal. I wouldn't say she wasn't bad, but he was like a normal person. He's like, <laughs> okay, honey, whatever you want. You know, this is this is more your thing. And he like shared us like this, this is l- more your thing. Yeah, I'm gonna support uh-huh. it. He shared like this list of like. Yeah. This is the temperature the water needs to be in. This is the music I want playing when the whole thing is happening. Like this is like, oh my god! Uh-huh. Like, what do you? Okay, I, like, I've heard of that with like <laughs> specific music, music, and but, like, like oh Enya's playing or whatever. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's like the classic. Welcome to the world. Thanks, Enya. And near yeah. the beginning, they were having issues, and then they went to a hospital. I'm like, okay, like at least they had the gumption to go to hospital. But like, you should have been there in the first place. Like something, I think they were having problems at the very beginning, so. They just like, okay. Yeah. But it was just like, hey, prior to a lot of medicine, the number one cause of death of women was childbirth. Like it is a, a, uh-huh. a very dangerous thing for you to do outside of a medical facility. And uh-huh. yeah, there are horror stories where like, yeah, guess what? Doctors and nurses, they can fuck up. Like they can totally mess up. They can hurt people. But like that that's the exception, right? For almost yeah. always th- things will turn out better. If you have them there, uh, but yeah, the other thing is like being at the hospital. There, there can be complications with labor that lead to necessary C-section. Yes, a hundred percent. One less trip to do in the middle of labor. I mean, I, I there, there are so many reasons why hospital is the way to go. Uh, yeah, no, but for sure. Um, I think I that's. Know. I I remember reading an article about. And I don't know how I got to this, but just because I don't usually read articles about nursing and mothering and things like that but uh-huh. it's like uh, in the, our modern society like there's pe- a lot of mothers they take classes and course to prepare them for motherhood which is i think perfectly fine that they, they should sometimes do that or almost all the time uh-huh. if they don't know what they're doing yes uh-huh. uh and uh this is an anecdote so i don't know how like real this story is but like the instructor's like hey what is the worst case scenario right if you're like on the day you're giving birth like what is the worst thing that can happen and a lot of people were like, hey, like, I get a C-section, right? Like, or like my baby needs to go to the NICU or whatever. And someone's like, worst case scenario, we both die. Like, Yeah, we die. We, exactly. Yeah, me and the child, we, like none of us make it. And it's like, yeah, guess what? That is, we've forgotten that that is totally still. And it does happen in the United States quite a bit. Uh-huh. Where not only does the child die, but also the mother can die. And sometimes both. Mm-hmm. Like, that's horrible. And yeah. It's because uh, it's a very like intensive physical thing, not to scare people, 
but it's a real possibility. Like it's a, and it's something that you should be ready for. And so when people are like, oh yeah, like, let me do it at home or like in like in the middle of the woods, I'm like, what are you fucking doing? Like you, you could die, right? Like it's yeah, just, exactly. know, it's just insane it, it actually, it actually happened to my grandmother. Oh uh, no. She, she had 12 biological children, two adopted children and one more on the way. And there were complications with the birth and with what they were equipped with, it was either save the mother or save child. Uh-huh. And she's screaming, save the baby, you know, cause my grandmother is a saint. Of course. And the doctors totally said no to that and was like, we're not leaving your husband to raise, raise 14 children. And they, they ended up saving her, um, but it it happens. It's common. Another thing that happens is dad passes out and hits his head. Did you do that? Like, no, I, <laughs> oh my gosh. So I had to smell some stuff, oh, but God. I made sure I did not see one thing. Oh, good. And my, my sister-in-law is there watching the whole thing. And I'm like, you're a psycho. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't look at that. Don't look at that. And yeah. yeah. I'm just, I, I was holding her hand. She was breaking my hand and uh, no, it was insane. It, it was pretty crazy though. Uh, you know, some of the TV shows you see the birthing pat or the birth, the breathing patterns for birthing the like, he, he, who, yeah, like the, that's a very I don't know if that one. makes sense, but no, that's not what you do. You, you just push like you're pooping a bowling ball. You just push <laughs> one breath and uh, you know, Pooping a bowling ball is probably the greatest analogy, and I think I'll use that <laughs> yeah, forever. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, they they called my wife Wonder Woman because the labor lasted four hours. She didn't use an epidural. Uh, it, it was pretty crazy. Um, but I don't know. He wanted out, and he came out. That's so. right. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other funny thing at the hospital, uh, you know, babies like to be, you know, you know what that is. Yeah. They're kind of like um, burritoed into blankets. Yeah. And, uh, my kid does not like that. He doesn't does, want that. Does not he like doesn't that. Want that. No, he wants, he wants freedom. I guess it's supposed to make it feel like they're still in the womb, like a safe, I think so. Compact yeah. place. But no, he does not like that. So everything we ever put him in, he would break out and the nurses started calling him Houdini. So <laughs> It, it, no, it's seriously, it, it's funny. It's been a fun experience, fun things, but it is tiring. I was running on caffeine for like a week. Oof, but, never good, man. But I don't think that's ever that. good. No. But I guess necessary. I'm not I now, guess. so, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. It's just, yeah, it's this whole thing. Um, and I, yeah, I, and I applaud anyone who goes through with it. Like, that's it, it's a, it's necessary for our species to go on, for new things uh-huh. to be born, right? And so... Well, I still think getting kicked in the nuts is worse. I can't. <laughs> you can't say that. Like, just no <laughs> of course I can. Everybody's out here having more kids. Nobody's running around saying, hey, kick me in the nuts again. Oh, jeez. I, You know, there. I guess there is something that women claim. And I say women because I could never know this. <laughs> women claim that there's some mental block where you go through that experience saying you're never going to do it again. And then like six months or so. You forget the pain and are ready and willing to do it again. And I, I I can't believe that. I can't imagine my wife not remembering. I will remember that experience for the rest of my life. Uh, I cannot imagine getting a mental block of some sort. Uh, yeah, no, there are, there's been a lot of study into this in particular. And it's a lot of it is linked to when you're, when women are giving birth, there's a huge amount of uh, oxy, oxytonin. That's released. Uh-huh. And basically this hormone is designed to like emotionally link you to what's going on. And so it like emotionally links to mother. Uh, oxytonin is also released like in, you know, like when and males have this too with children, uh, but also to your romantic partner. That happens a lot. This is why like people, they seem to do really ridiculous and dumb things for their romantic partners when they otherwise never would. It's because uh-huh. this hormone's like, hey, you know all that bad stuff? It's worth it. Like, do it again. Huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and so, yeah, women, oxy, oxytone is really, it does that a lot. And so it has this really strong effect. Where, like you said, yeah, like the pain's intense, experience is awful. But because your brain rewards you so much for it, you just keep doing it. Um, so. uh-huh. That's crazy. That's crazy how 
that that happens to enable it to happen again because if if that wasn't a thing i i could not imagine her going through that again oh of course not yeah horrific and beautiful but awful exactly awful. i mean and you just think about like in before modern medicine people were having you know like 10 children because half of them would die from you know whatever disease that was exactly around. and you'd be yeah. like yeah like and some people are just crazy. Some people like there's even not even in a hospital setting, like in a cabin in the woods, you're giving birth and you do it 10 times. It's just like ridiculous. But yeah, it's that's the power of hormones, Morgan. That is all our lives are dedicated to dopamine. Oh, serotonin. I know the power of hormones, the power but, of hormones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's pretty wild. Crazy um, to me. I had a I had a short uh, wouldn't say short. I had a topic I was going to speak on, and I we have some time, so I'll start that. So similar to your short story, quote unquote. <laughs> exactly. I mean, no, Twenty no, minutes. No. Yeah, Twenty I'm, minutes. I'm that's that's yeah. short. Uh, yeah, we're good. Yeah. But this is something that it it links all um everything we've ever talked about simply because I feel like in the United States right now there's a a movement and it's been growing. Uh, that's okay. I wouldn't say it's growing. I don't know what it's doing. But it started off with the like the anti-vaccine movement, um, and it's extended into like the COVID nineteen vaccine and just COVID in general, where uh-huh. I don't think people are as aware of how scientific processes work than I thought they did, and it's okay. It's probably because I like I you know I I like learning because about you live STEM. It. Yeah, I live yeah. science. I am uh-huh. science. Yeah, and. Uh, but yeah, and I think that in an era of the internet and information, I think people can really easily kind of misinform themselves inadvertently because uh-huh. you don't understand basic like how science is done. Uh, and so you like I all of science, modern science is again fairly recent. It wasn't until I would say like the fifties and sixties that we're like, hey especially when it comes to medicine, but all things like, Hey, let's really figure out what works and what doesn't. And let's have a standard Uh of saying, this is what we're going to accept as evidence. And this is what we're not going to accept as evidence. Uh Uh, So right off the bat anecdotes, which I would say in layman's term, like stories, like someone says something are, I would say never, ever a good basis of what scientific, you know, facts are built on. You can uh-huh. you can say, hey, I took this pill and it made me feel better. You can say, hey, I ate this weird bush and it made me feel better. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Like it, like you can yeah. never, even if it comes from someone extremely well informed, it doesn't matter what that story is. You cannot take that as fact uh-huh. uh, because, for one. They could be lying, like a hundred percent. Yeah, it could lie. be a blatant lie. Yeah, people could lie for money. People can lie for fame. People, you know, whatever reason, they can be even if again, even if they're like a very reputable. Sounds person. like an herbal tea MLM. Exactly. Like, like that's yeah, hundred percent. Like, like this cured my dog's cancer. Oh, Buy it. Yeah, for but sure. uh-huh. I remember yeah. living in New York, and this was before you were there. But I, I still, I had this fly. I don't know where it is, but it was like. A flyer for a local church. And again, this is when I lived like near Harlem. And so unfortunately, this is like a lot of people were preyed on because they're like poor and they don't have access uh-huh. to the, the resource and education that a lot of other people do. And it was like this flyer for this church and they had holy o- olive oil from Israel. And like the back of the pamphlet, oh, no. it was laminated. So it was like they spent money on these things. So the back of this like little uh-huh. card had like the picture of someone and they had like this whole story about like how this holy oil, like she put it on her like husband's tumor on his head and it magically oh healed. Gosh. It literally said like magically healed like the next few weeks. And I just thought like, and it was like, come at this place and get some, like only this amount of money per bottle. I'm like, this is the worst. Straight up snake. What what do you, snake oil. Snake oil. Like, yeah. Like little snake oil. Yeah. And I'm like, this is probably uh-huh. some like Costco garbage olive oil, the cheapest they could find. They, <laughs> they just rebottle. And maybe not even olive oil. Who knows what it is? And like they're claiming it cures cancer. Like this is like the worst, I think, iteration of this. Like it's yeah. evil. I think it's literally evil. Yeah. Uh, and this thing also, it's hilarious because this little pamphlet had like so many 
errors, like dispelling errors on it. Like they spelled totally <laughs> yeah. wrong. They spelled cancer wrong. Like it was it just was run through Google Translate. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah but like, again, like it's just like even if the story, even if I was hearing the story from the woman's mouth, I'd be like, I know like that's that didn't happen. Like I'm just not it, it didn't happen. Yeah, right? that's that's insane. Uh, so yeah, so stories don't count. So basically, the main thing we're talking about is like scientific consensus, which I think is that a phrase you've heard before, like yeah, like a consensus, something that like is like a an almost an agreement backed up with evidence and experiment and yes, yeah, uh huh. So, so I guess like in, the opposite in, of a story, the opposite yeah. of a story. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> consensus outside of the scientific community just means like we all agree like we are in consensus yeah, in agreement. that this parking lot is only good for like these hours that's fine so when it comes to scientific consensus it means that it's not an agreement that we're like hey we've all gathered together and guess what we've agreed that antibiotics uh, yeah, no, work. it's not like that it's but. not like that it's basically like hey what is what's happening is that when you have a study and this is again this goes back to statistics which i feel like most people didn't take or if they did they took high school statistics which isn't like the highest standard of statistics uh-huh is you could have a study let's say you have a study that you want to see if red influences your mood you know and mm-hmm. you, what you do is you grab a certain number of people, let's say a thousand let's say 100 people you know let's say which isn't actually that many people but let's say you grab 100 and it's possible that a large part of those people could already have an experience with the color red that maybe they're not even aware of that could skew your data. Skew the results, yeah. Just because you're randomly picking 100 people, most likely you're going to get like a normal you know, distribution of people. But it's still possible that you grab a, a disproportionate number of people who have a proclivity towards it. Especially uh, with that small of a exactly. population. Like so. if you, uh, not in the state we live in, uh, obviously, but if you randomly grab 100 people from the United States, it's very possible that you get like a large number of minorities. Like it's it's statistically possible, even though that's uh-huh. not representative of what the population is. It just could happen. Uh-huh. Uh, and so let's say you do the study and boom, it turns out, hey, like it is your your conclusion is that, yeah, color does affect mood. The color red makes you more aggressive or something. Uh-huh. That one study, even if the study was done perfectly well, which I would say it wasn't because, like you said, 100 people isn't that many people. Um, Yeah. And again, you probably weren't looking at like men and women and children and different backgrounds. And yeah. Yeah. And so the the it has to be very specific. Like hundred, like this study showed that men from this location of this average age respond to this stimulus, you know, like this. One study can be a fluke, or even like a dozen studies could be flukes, depending on how many you do. But if yeah. you you need a lot, you need a lot of studies to be done. Which is why sometimes when you're talking with someone like, hey, like I read this study that guess what, uh, milk is actually carcinogenic. I'm like, okay. I'm not if I can find the article <laughs> like it's probably the article probably exists. I'm not saying it doesn't, but uh-huh. you can't just do it once. And like, guess what? You look at the articles like, oh, 50 people were done. Like, OK, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> yeah, Hold you can't just say that. A second. Yeah. You need a lot of like different people doing different kinds of scientific work, different studies of varying sizes. And then you need a review of a lot of those studies to be like, hey, now we can say there is a link between these two things because reaching it, a conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. Because there were, a, you know, a hundred studies done on this. And guess what? Like five of them said that this isn't the case, but 95 of them said it was. And so we will have to like, this is, this has how science works. Uh, uh-huh. you can find studies that say things that seemingly are ridiculous and they're not lying. It's possible. Again, technically you can skew a study if you really wanted to, uh-huh. uh, but which is why you need a lot of them. And so I feel like that's really important to understand because people will pull like, Hey, like I found this study on time magazine or whatever. And it says that children who play video games are 10 times more likely to commit fraud. I'm like, okay, that's, stupid yeah Uh yeah and i feel like and when consensus is reached like hey guess what this is this is a scientific consensus and people are like no like it's not because i found this one study like no no no, that's not how this works 
you cannot just say one thing against a consensus, right? It's like, it's like you're voting for something. And again, it's not like voting because they're not voting. They're like literally seeing like results of things. But for this uh-huh. analogy, let's say you're voting like, hey, like we can't go to Arby's because 10 people said yes. and But I say no. I'm like, that's not how this works, right? Like, Yeah, that's <laughs> not how it works. <laughs> you can't just have one guy say no and it destroys everything. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and, but that's also the reason why in like in the say the beginning of the pandemic, there were a lot of uh, con- there was a lot of confusion on what was effective and what wasn't because this stuff takes time. You can find a study that says, hey, hydroxychloroquine does really good against COVID-19. But then you do mm-hmm. five more studies like, hey, guess what? Five of these things said it doesn't do anything. Uh, uh-huh. And so you have to go with the majority because flukes mm-hmm. happen all the time. Small sample sizes happen all the time. And yeah, so I think in during the pandemic, especially like the beginning of the pandemic, people were like, hey, face masks. The CDC was like, we've never done a study on face masks because we just haven't. Right. Like we just never. Uh-huh. Not, yeah. Uh, we've never. never done. T- we've, yeah. We're like, hey, like in some places, it's very common, especially like in East Eastern Asia. It's like people mm-hmm. wear masks and we're like, we don't know the efficacy of it, but you know, maybe I don't really know. But when the pandemic hit, we're like, hey, we need to see what happens with masks. And so it took them several months because they, it takes time for people to be like, hey, let's do a study. Let's do more than one study. Let's find out different people, different kinds of masks, all these different factors. And so by like midsummer, they were like, hey, we've done all this stuff. And guess what? We found out that masks, even like cloth masks, actually do quite a bit of, of prevention when it comes mm-hmm. to contacting people with pathogens. But by that time, people in early March and April were like, hey, like the CDC didn't say to wear masks then. Like, why are they selling us to yeah. do it now? <laughs> I'm like, and, uh-huh. and sometimes it's people who like, they should know, like I, I, not to call anyone up, but I had some coworkers who were like, Hey, I don't like these masks because in the beginning of April, no one told me to wear one. And why were they changing their mind now? I'm like, well, you idiot. That's how science works. Like uh-huh. it takes time like <laughs> to do stuff. So my, my favorite is when people are like, this mask is disgusting. I'm going to get more sick from wearing my mask. And it's like, wash your damn mask, you <laughs> yeah, idiot. I, I mean, or, I, or, yeah, I, yeah. I have a few that I cycle through and keep washing every week. But it's yeah. like, oh, it's pretty funny when people say that. I mean, it's just like. It's just like clothes, right? Like you don't wear the same shirt for a week. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, this shirt's disgusting. Yeah. I'm getting sick from this shirt. I'm like, yeah, you nimrod. Like you throw it in the washer. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's pretty funny. Or you're like, oh, it's hard for me to breathe. Which, okay, there are exceptions. I feel like if you have like severe anxiety that for some reason coalesces into your face, maybe I can see, <laughs> well, like, hey, I when I wear this thing, I freak out. I think that's a possibility. But it's not uh-huh. like 10 out of 9, or sorry, 9 out of 10 people have it. <laughs> 10 out of ten 9, out of wow. Nine. Well, <laughs> somebody has it twice. <laughs> yeah, ghosts have it now. I feel like it's really, really like very minor possibility that you have a panic attack because of it. I feel like uh-huh. people just use it as an excuse. Uh-huh. And, and even if that is the case, then it doesn't mean you have an excuse just to run around without a mask. It means like, mm-hmm. hey, maybe get someone else to do this for you because you have this apparently crippling anxiety when it comes to going outside with that with a mask on, like for whatever mm-hmm. reason. So yeah, while it can be annoying, uh, I understand. Of course, I, yeah. I, I, I don't understand some people, but I think we should social distance till the end of time. I want people <laughs> away from me. I am totally fine with that. I feel like what is it in certain cultures? Like the the personal space is different. Um, like in I th- and again this is probably wrong but in like in eastern uh, countries I I think it's closer like you can people will get really close to you and you're like whoa this you're too close yeah. like I don't I, like we're just yeah. talking here and in Venezuela in po- six inches is not close enough oh, yeah or maybe Central America yeah. like I have some people who are like yeah. really close to me and I step back and they're closer I'm like fuck like stop like, like <laughs> dude don't be a close talker like back away like from if me. i can feel your breath even oh, before that, the pandemic that, good god that. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. but in some parts of europe and maybe even like the middle east it's really far you're like 10 feet away you're like this is close enough right like don't uh-huh. even get closer to me yeah uh and yeah. i'm definitely one of those people i'm like hey I'm not going to freak out at you, but if you get really close to me, I'm not going to like you. I'm going like, to step <laughs> away. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get offended. I'm moving. Yeah. yeah. And it's especially weird because they get really close to you. And if you step away and then they get closer, I'm like, what kind of 
power trip are you on where you just you're trying <laughs> yeah. to get close like stop it like uh that's but, so funny Anyway, yeah, so, and again, uh, going back to consensus, scientific consensus applies to everything, not just medicine. It applies to, like, geology and astrology and uh, sociology, uh, which I would say psychology is a little iffy because psychology is, in my opinion, the edge of where science ends and pseudoscience begins. Like, it is just Uh barely into the science part because... Uh Uh, because you're studying the human mind, your own human mind can influence how you're studying. Could it. influence, like, yeah. Much more than any other study, because if you're studying chemistry, the chemicals don't care what you're what you think is going <laughs> to yeah. happen. It's just going to do it. Yeah. In psychology, I think it's a little. Anyway, I would say psychology is a real science. That's interesting. But it's it's a little iffy. I wouldn't put a whole it's lot iffy. of stock into it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But other than I that, I feel that. like medicine is fairly set. If you give it time. Med- medical science can figure out what's going on but if you jump to conclusions that's when you're going to have false positives and then you're going to distrust science because you thought science told you one thing but actually, actually yeah. you just misinformed yourself and now you've created mistrust or, yeah exactly uh it's just yeah i there's an interesting uh, video going around where when seatbelts were made mandatory there was like literal lobbying against backlash it. Yeah, there was like, hey, like this seatbelts could kill you. And technically, that is true. Every year, there are people who they died when they might have been saved if they hadn't been wearing a seatbelt. Uh-huh. But there are like literal hundreds of other accounts, 100 times more accounts where people would die if they didn't have their seatbelt on. So you got to play the odds, right? You got to be like, yeah, it's a possibility that you go in a car accident and your seatbelt kills you, but it's way more possible that this your seatbelt will save your ass. it saves you. <laughs> yeah. If so you don't be an idiot. Yeah, if you go to Las uh-huh. Vegas and the casinos are in business because they play the odds, right? There's a chance that you win more money, but it's because... But the house always wins, The baby. house always wins. It's on their favor, and that's why they get rich. And that's... The, uh-huh. you, play, you play the house when you're wearing a seatbelt or when you get a vaccine or things like that. Technically, bad things are possible, but you cannot live your life banking on the worst thing happening that's very unlikely. Like, that's just... Yeah. Yeah. Lower the probabilities. Lower the possibilities. Yeah. I mean, that's all you got to do, right? You got to live yeah. your life in a probabilistic that's what i do i I don't know that's what a lot of i've heard that's not what a lot of people do i'm always analyzing not numbers but just like what is more likely what is less likely in everything i do so Uh uh-huh and maybe that's not normal but it's led me a good life so far no i think it i think it i maybe I, i don't know if i'd say normal i don't think it's uncommon i don't know maybe it is (laughs) <laughs> well maybe, i feel like maybe. i mean if you if you ask someone like hey they'll, they'll agree with you like oh yeah if it's more likely to do this i'll take it but sometimes mm-hmm. they take it to the extreme where like even with like the food i eat and the things i listen to i'm like what is most likely gonna do like this and i'll do some math in my head and look up some statistics and that's not uh like for example i'm trying to think uh-huh i though i growing up i always tied my shoelaces in a certain way and I always had problems uh-huh. with my shoelaces coming untied. And so I did the math on like, how much time would it take me to learn a new way of tying my shoes versus how much time is wasted every time they come undone? Oh and my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you you are a freak. <laughs> and therefore, I'm like, how many times do I need to untie? I was about to defend you, but I, think, I, I don't think I can now. Uh, and again, I knew it was crazy. In my mind, I'm like, this is so ridiculous, but I have to do the math because if it takes me 10 years to make up the time from learning a new way to tie my shoelaces to make up for it, that's not worth it. Like, that's it, it, not good. But if it takes me like a month, I'm like, okay, I'm saving time already uh, in a month. And, you know, now it's just net positive. So, again, <laughs> I, like I said, it's not normal in the normal way. Like, <laughs> did, did your little four-year-old brain think that, like, it's a net positive if it's X amount of time versus yes. Y amount of time? Really? Exactly. Yeah. You you make a you make a chart. You go to a Microsoft Microsoft Excel is probably the best thing they've ever invented, and you can make a nice <laughs> little graph and you can you can figure it out. Plug but, in the numbers and figure it out. 
uh, I also do that when I go out to eat fast food. I, I say like how many calories per dollar? What is the most efficient dollar per calorie I spend? And I go to that place. Oh, I know. I, I just say whatever. What's going to make me happy right now? I, That's what I say. So. I take that into consideration. But what makes me happy uh, is yeah. efficiency. Like, <laughs> uh, it's yeah. the same thing with money. Like I... I, like my, oh, I do that with money a lot. But. Like I, I, I hoard money. Like and I, and I love money uh, so much, <laughs> and it makes me. But it makes me happy to save money. Like some people are like, oh, like you're not enjoying your money. Yeah, if I was saving money and miserable, that's not the way to go. But I, the, the I look at my bank account and I smile. I'm like, this makes me so happy, and that's what makes me happy. So it just, it just happens to be financially responsible. Uh-huh. And I feel like you should do what makes you happy. To a certain point, uh, you shouldn't be reckless. But if having a really nice car makes you happy, then maybe, yeah, you should get a nice car. But yeah. don't think that because I don't have a great car, I'm unhappy, right? That doesn't make yeah, me happy. Exactly. <laughs> We're all so, yeah, maybe Taco Bell makes you happy. But what makes me really happy is that Arby's Ew. is a better efficiency quota. So. Does Taco Bell make anybody happy? I mean, I okay. This is something I've always had a problem with. Like, I love, I like Taco Bell. Uh, it's a good place to eat. It's tasty. I guess if I had a choice, I would just never choose Taco Bell. I don't know. That's just me. I, I go through phases where I like certain fast food places more than others. Like I haven't been to Taco Bell for a while. Right now, I'm on an Arby's kick. I don't know why. Probably because they're not Get those gyros. Arby's gyros. Roast beef sandwiches mm-hmm. are good. The turkey yeah. sandwiches are good, but. Mm-hmm. Little curly fries. Oh, I feel those like are, you're five years old again. Those are nice. I also like their uh, horsey yeah. sauce. They're like horseradish sauce. Have you ever had it? Oh yeah, it's yeah. Super good. That and their Arby's sauce. They're like sweet barbecue kind of sauce. It's called barbecue. <laughs> barbecue sauce. Is it really? It is really. <laughs> I, I always thought. I always thought it was just Arby's sauce. Barbecue. That's oh no! Dumb. So there's I'm never there's Arby sauce, there's Arby sauce and the horsey sauce, but uh-huh. then their barbecue sauce is called barbecue sauce. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, somebody messed up there. I mean, it's 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 <sighs> kind of like the like the like the McDonald's where they put the Mick in front of everything. Like it's the Mick Mick shake and the Mick fries. I'm like, okay, shut up! Like that's <laughs> yeah, I guess. I was going to tell a statistic story, but we're out of time. Oh, tell me, tell me, tell me. Tell Total, me tell no, me. totally off. Well, okay, real quick. So real quick. in, in uh, college stats, uh, statistics, I, I I took it in high yeah. school. And uh, at, at the end of the year, after you know the big college test, the AP test and whatnot, uh, everyone had to do a project. And we didn't know, know what the hell we were doing. So we were like testing different types of gum and seeing if people could tell the difference and it it was not a very good study, but I was the big graphics guy, right? Like I'm the big designer. Hell I yeah. designed the hell out of this amazing poster and everybody brought like little cardboard with paper cutouts and like looks like a six-year-old put it together. I was an idiot and oh, no. I, yeah, me and my, my buddy who was also an idiot, we thought it would be funny, a 1% like gradient image in the background of our poster of a a woman in a bikini like so it was it was invisible on the computer right but we thought it would be funny that we would know it was there but nobody else would so i get this thing ordered i go pick it up the morning of our presentation and it is fucking visible (laughs) totally there and so we get up and we give this presentation about gum and there's a woman in a bikini behind us with our statistics graphs and stuff over it and afterwards and our teacher was blind i she was the most blind ever and i was like she might not have seen it (laughs) and some of the other kids are like laughing and somebody even like asked a a smart ass question of like i think there's something on your poster and we're like no no we checked it it's it's good it's clean you know and um it's we're good to go and then she came up after and was like that was one of the best posters i've ever seen and she had like posters hanging on her wall from some of the best that she had from previous years and she's like It's too bad there's the woman in the bikini on it or I'd put oh. it on my wall. I was like, yeah, I don't know what the hell happened there. That got messed up. I don't know how that got. It was pretty funny, but 
Yeah, that is so funny. Sorry, totally off topic, but good way to wind down. It's a way to wind down. Yeah, I also took uh, like AP statistics in Uh high school and... I wouldn't consider myself a statistician, but I feel like I love I loved it. It was a great class. My um, favorite math class I took in high school. Oh, yeah. It is, yeah, by far my favorite mm-hmm. math class I ever took. So I don't want to say easy uh, It either, goes a long way. Like, I think, it, it was easy, way no, easier to understand for me than like calculus ever was. I think it's because it removes the abstractness of, of yeah. it. And it's it's also sets very clear parameters like, hey, if this happens, this means it's yeah, null. Like exactly. Is, and this happens is, you know, well, and yeah. So and I feel like more people should take statistics because people can be easily. I was going to say, it seems like there's like so much more benefits to statistics unless you're like getting into like engineering and shit. Like I, I even then. Because, yeah, you see, like, you see, uh, I mean, like, you see headlines, especially the news loves to do this, where you see a headline where, for some reason, uh, the headline would be like, this is linked to, you know, maybe this happening. And people read it as like, this definitely causes this to happen. I'm like, uh-huh. no, no, no. Like, that's not that's what not this what is, is saying. Like, yeah. And then, but that's also kind of, they're also like, they want people to think that because that's why they made that headline, uh-huh. right? Because they want people to think that they wanted to be angry and outraged. Uh-huh. So there, there's also something that's super yeah, that's sly awesome. that happens a lot in news and media and articles and stuff with statistics where they they compare numbers and percentages, which can be very off-putting. Oh, yes. And a percentage, you don't know what that represents. You, you know, you don't know the population size. You don't know what it represents compared to numbers. 100%. Yeah, it, it's crazy. It's easy to get fooled by statistics. Yeah, always always check the source. I, I whenever that happens I always look at the source in the article and and I always say okay, let me look at this study because even I'm not like a professional, you know, reviewer or anything, but I can tell a shittily put together study when I see uh-huh. one. It's like this small number of people like okay, like in this, you know, and they most of them were men. I'm like, okay, that's another red flag like and it, you know, blah blah blah. I'm like, okay. It's not even like who funded this? I hate it when people are like, "Oh, like who who funded this that study?" I'm like, better. "Yeah, uh-huh, yeah." Pharmaceutical companies fund vaccine research because they're the ones that make the fucking uh, vaccine. Yeah. Like, what do you? Who else do you yeah. expect to do this? But there are studies all the time that go against what the the company who funds them uh-huh. wants. Like, there's a very distinct happen, yeah. like, "Hey, it ca- and it happens all the time." Mm-hmm. Actually, like the I think Johnson and Johnson they had a, a vaccine a COVID vaccine that didn't do so well when they studied. They're like, "Hey, it's only like sixty eight percent effective, Ooh, uh, but it's a lot cheaper good. and a lot easier to handle." Yeah, but sixty eight percent. That's like, hey, not good at all. Well, unfortunately, well, so that's interesting. Real quick before we end, so it's it was sixty eight percent immunity, but it also prevented a hundred percent of COVID deaths. Oh, really? So no one died of COVID. But even if you were still infected, it still like reduced your the severity of it. And so, and this is kind of unfortunate. What they're going to do is they're probably going to start giving those vaccines out to like third world countries uh-huh. in India because they're cheaper and they're not uh-huh. as effective, but they prevent deaths, which is important, which is kind of sad. It's it's for yeah. immunity. Yeah. They're yeah. Like, yeah, you can still get it, but it it's more like, hey, you're not, you're, you're less likely to die but you're still going to get sick. Yeah, I get you. Okay. I guess I'll, I'll take sense. it. Not better, better than, than nothing. nothing, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, but that that's Johnson Johnson. They studied their own vaccine. They weren't like, oh, we're going to make it 100%. Like, no, they. there's a lot. And the reason why, because there's a lot of people who are, there's a lot of people who check on uh-huh. that. Like, it's really hard to flub a study unless, without getting caught. Uh-huh. Uh, that happens all the time. People will flub studies all the time, but they're like, hey, this is super shitty. Like, this is super shady. You can't, what do you think we're done? Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, but trust, trust science people. It's better than that random person down the street who's trying to sell you holy oil from <laughs> yeah, the Mediterranean. Exactly. I got to find that. I got to find, I'll probably send yeah, it. Yeah, if you find that flyer, let me know. That, that'd be. It's so funny. All right, man. I'll let you get back to your baby. I'm trying to play peekaboo with him and he just doesn't give a shit.